you have banjos. <laughs> Let's talk about it with Nashville recording artist Buddy Green on Steve Brown, etc. He's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc. Hey, we're so glad you're here. I say it every time and mean it every time because I'm authentic. Uh, you always have a place at our table. And if you're wondering, I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. Matthew Porter, our executive producer, is here. In Matthew's family, they don't shy away from the hard conversation. The latest topic, would you rather have a pet shark or a pet lion? I'm Team Shark. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Our producer, <laughs> our producer Jinx is in his little glass booth. Buddy, you might be interested to know that while Jinx isn't a musician, he is a drummer. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Oh, gosh. And what? Boy, Jinx, you <laughs> suffered that abuse. You know what? I bet Steve doesn't know that. I've already mic'd your plywood before. <laughs> Our uh, one-man IT department, John Myers, and he's so good, he's demon-possessed, is the, in the tech bunker, and John feels flattered. Every time a website tells him his password is very strong. <laughs> and Dr. George Bingham is the president of Key Life, our boss. Coincidentally, very strong is how George likes his Cuban coffee. And Kathy is the soft, feminine side of the program. Kathy says some folks are like old TVs. You have to smack them a few times <laughs> before you get the picture. <laughs> What? No, I didn't write this. I know. Matthew I know. did. I, I just that. read it. <laughs> From Bazooka Joe. I mean, come on. You know, there's so we got stuff. a great we've been looking forward to this. Um Buddy Green has been my friend for hundreds of years and uh, <laughs> and he is, as you know, an award winning songwriter and musician. He's performed for audiences since the age of ten. His work ranges from playing with country superstar Jerry Reed, performing at Carnegie Hall, uh, to co-writing the Christmas classic, Mary Did You Know. But his album, Looking Back, marks his 20th release in his 30-plus year career. And before enough. We, and <laughs> <laughs> enough is enough. Uh, I, let me tell you how I met Buddy. Uh, the first time I ever encountered Buddy, I'd listened to his music, of course. Everybody did that. But I was speaking at a music conference, a religious music conference, and they invite a preacher to keep it uh, legal <laughs> and make it religious. And so I was there speaking, and uh, the singers were the big names from Nashville, and there were lights and whistles and bells and all. I mean, it was just amazing, and you went, whoa. And then they introduced Buddy, and there weren't any light, lights or 
bells or <laughs> big bands. He walked out with his guitar, and he said, "Hi, I'm Buddy." And I went, yeah, well, (laughs) and he started playing. And it was so real and so deep that it affected me in a significant way. Um, After that initial experience, we've been on cruises together, and we've done a lot of things together. And that initial impression, and sometimes initial impressions are not right, so you have to be careful. But that initial impression um, found itself on steroids. Uh, Buddy's the real deal. And when I'm ready to be a Buddhist and run as fast as I can, I call Buddy. And I, it, a half an hour with him on the phone, because he's the real deal, makes me think there is a God. And God loves me anyway. And Buddy is a singer spokesman for that point of view. So, Buddy, after that very <laughs> incredible introduction, don't say anything stupid, okay? <laughs> Before Buddy says anything, I, I would just like a little clarification on the point about how you went on cruises with Buddy. Yeah, I was going to That was, was a, a little interesting. <laughs> well, I made it plural. I think it was just one. It was George, a, whose budget was that on? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yes. no. It was a Bill Gaither cruise. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, All right. We that goes got, way we, back. Sounds a little oh, wild. Oh, a long time ago. In fact, we were in a storm and I was teaching in a bar and the the bar was going up and down <laughs> and I said to these Christians who didn't think it was that funny that this is weird I'm sitting in a bar uh, the room is going around and I'm cold stone sober <laughs> for everybody else it was fine yeah <laughs> buddy you uh, you your themes are varied. I mean, from bluegrass to hymns to songs about God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about hymns for just a little bit. I think you were one of the first uh, Nashville artists who really found yourself caught up in the beauty of hymnity, our heritage in the church, and you started doing music that were hymns, and everybody thought you were crazy, but you weren't because it became, well, it caught on, and we all began to see that depth and that reality. Was that because of your background? Uh, in, in a way, it was. Um, you know, I I didn't have the typical uh, background of a, of a Christian musician in that about the time, you know, in, in adolescence is when I was started drifting away from the church and I stayed gone till I was practically 30 years old. And um, that was during the 70s is when I was vacant from church. And that's also when the Jesus movement was going on and when contemporary Christian music was was coming along. And so all these groups that most people knew by the time I entered the scene, most of my contemporaries had come along with all of that background and I didn't have any of it. <laughs> so when, when people, uh, uh, fellow artists, they would mainly do contemporary songs to worship. I didn't know any of them, but I remember those songs of my youth. 
I remember those things I'd, I'd sung as a little good, good little Baptist, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and the thing about it is I would go back and revisit those songs as a person of faith now and understand the songs. And those songs were, um, they were, they were what I needed to hear, what I needed to, uh, it was the way I heard the gospel in, in songs, especially in worship settings. So if somebody asked me to do something in a worship setting, that's all I had to bring. So, you know, I'd pull out, I need the every hour or um, softly and tenderly or one of these songs that, that really spoke to me. And I used to, <laughs> I remember I used to go out to California and this was, by this time, this was in the early nineties. I was going to this uh, place called Mount Hermon, a conference center out there. And I'd be playing to these California Christians. Of course, they were all contemporary music just about. So I start playing these hymns and these people would come up to me and they go, gosh, that was such a beautiful song. Where did that come from? <laughs> I said, your grandmother. <laughs> the original Grammys. <laughs> yeah, right, that's right. Uh, so it was just, it was by default. I just had, that was, those were the only really worship songs that I knew were hymns. As you started getting serious about this Christian thing, uh, you were at the time with Jerry Reed. And he isn't known as one of the truly great Christian singers uh, around. And, <laughs> and uh, we maybe can hear that story on the other side of the break, but you can start it. Uh, did he know the change that had happened to you? And did he tell you you were crazy or what happened? He found out pretty quickly that I was a, a fresh new convert <laughs> to Christianity and, uh, he made good sport of it, <laughs> uh, but th there's there's a longer story that I can I can tell maybe on the other side of the break uh, about Jerry. First of all, I was so that was an amazing uh, break for me to get in a band like Jerry Reed's band and and that kind of apprenticeship. I needed it so badly if I was going to be a professional musician. Um, it was just a great opportunity. So. I, I was pinching myself that, that I was, you know, that I was even there. Uh, and I was also trying not to blow it. <laughs> and so I was real careful about my Christian witness. You know, I, I didn't quite know how to how to get along, but it's uh, it's a good story. So if if we got some time on the other side, I'll, I'll unpack some of that for you. Oh, we'll uh, we'll talk about that because I've heard that story and you uh -huh. guys are going to like it a lot. Hmm. And you maintained that relationship with Jerry Reed. It didn't end, uh, did it? No, no. In fact, uh, many years after I'd left the band, we got back together and through um, some, you know, it was a God thing for sure. But we became really good friends and I got to see him come to Christ and, um, and become a part of a fellowship with him. It was just really, really special. Hey guys, if you miss one bit of this, you're going to miss something really good. We're not going to be able to squeeze it all into an hour, but we've got some great stories, and you don't want to miss. Now, this is hard work, and uh, so we're going to quit for a little bit, sell product, have some milk and cookies, <laughs> and then, like Jesus, we're going to return.
Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. We're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Podblaster? I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like no E in Blaster. Just Blaster. 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 Anyhow, that's how the colons do it. Hi, this is Steve Brown. And in case you didn't know, one of the main reasons Key Life exists is to remind believers that God isn't mad at his children. Why am I telling you this? Because our weekly email, Key Life Connection, takes the best of the videos, articles, and puts them right in your inbox. We'd love for you to try it. It's free. Go to keylife.org slash subscribe. I am dancing on the day that the Lord has made And I am dancing in this way Cause I have heard it said That the children of the Lord Hey, we're hanging out with national recording artist Buddy Green And uh, before the break Buddy got his start uh, with Jerry Reed And that isn't the first name that comes to you When you think of Christian singers <laughs> And Buddy, while he was with Reed had this encounter with Jesus, and it screwed up Buddy's life forever. <laughs> and uh, and there's a story involved in that relationship with Jerry, and you started it, Buddy. Tell us that yeah. story. Well, actually, I, I had just become a believer. At least I was willing to admit it uh, within a just a month or two before I got the job with Jerry. So brand-new Christian, and um, going out on the road with one of my heroes, one of my musical heroes anyway, but realizing right away that, you know, a country music bus going down the road is kind of like a locker room on wheels. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's no place to grow and uh, to be, you know, find sanctification. Anyway. And so um, I remember I didn't do very well the first year I was in that band. I, you know, I was I was not trying to be exposed as a Christian, and um, and so I was a lot more like them than they were like me. <laughs> and it was bothering me because I'd go to church and I'd feel so bad about my behavior on the bus or the language I'd used or whatever I had done to just blend in with the with the world. And I, I I was talking to my pastor one day and still I said, Man, I am not doing well in this thing. I, I think maybe I ought to just get out of this and go into Christian music. And my pastor said, Well, Billy, do you have any connections in Christian music? I said, Well, no, not really. But I, you know, I figured I could go knock on some doors. And it says, he said, Well, you know, it seems to me like you've got a job. So God's given you, you know, he's looking out for you. You've got a job. Your problem is really is, is faithfulness. You, you're, you're just having trouble being faithful where you are. So don't make it such a big deal. Why don't you just ask for grace to, to take little baby steps, you know? And Wise. so uh, I was, I said, okay. So on my way, you know, when I'd be on my way to the bus to catch, I'd be driving in the car and I'd be saying, okay, so Lord, this, this time, when the joint comes, let me just <laughs> let me take it from here and go to here without stopping here. <laughs> and and that's all I would pray. And then over the weekend, I'd come home and I I hadn't smoked pot with the, with the rest of everybody else. And um, it was like, wow, that's great. This he really met me with the, the grace I needed. And so the next time it would be, 
all right, Laura, when the bad movies come out, um, just just help me to get up and go to the back of the bus and read my book. And that's what would happen. Um, and so before long, I'm, I mean, my faith was growing. And, and then and these guys start realizing, hey, you know, Rufus didn't participate. <laughs> By the way, they call me Rufus. He said, you know, they'd say Rufus didn't really participate in all the fun we're having. What's going on? And and so I just say, well, you know, I started uh, believing in Jesus a few months ago. And I just kind of feel like I need to separate myself a little bit from some of the activities. And it led to some some good conversations and all, but it also eventually led to read and I mean when he heard it, he was like so Rufus I hear you become a Christian you know and <laughs> he was all over that and um now he had some background Christian background too didn't he he did in fact he had grown up kind of like a foster child he 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 was a little bit uh he he had a complicated childhood let me put it that way but at times he was a foster child and lived in and some some of the situations were good and some were not, but a lot of them were religious in one way or another. Some of them were real strict. Some of them, and he told me this later on in a conversation we had one time. But it more it more or less confused and scarred him than anything else. And by the time he was, you know, a teenager, he was just trying to figure out how to get out of that and get on with his life. And and I think he felt more restricted and being uh, I'm, I, one of the families he was with when they saw how much he loved uh, country music and listening to the Grand Ole Opry, they would say, now that's the devil's music. And he would think, well, gosh, they're not playing this in heaven. I don't think I want to go. Because <laughs> he was loving that stuff. So he, he got out. But but early on, he, I think he told me later on when he came to faith, he said, I knew, I knew God had me all along. He said, I, I could never get away from him. And that was really interesting to hear because he and I had a, we had at least, we had one memorable conversation one night on the bus and I didn't know my Bible very well at all. And, and Reed was actually reading his Bible and he was just looking for stuff he could criticize and, and be in argument with and things like that. And so he started asking me all these questions about all the bad stuff you can read in the Bible. What about this? You know, women get short shrift in this thing and all that. You know, he's just coming up with one thing after another. And I had heard somebody just recently, they had uh, at the time had been talking about apologetics and saying, you know, when you find yourself in talking with with a, a skeptic or a non-believer and they want to take you on rabbit chases, don't go at that. He said, man, that's the the devil loves to get you off on those rabbit trails. What we all need to get back on is the central issue, and that's Jesus. So I just remember after about 30 minutes of him just having making great sport with me and me not having any answers for him, I finally just was frustrated. And I said, Jerry, I really don't know my Bible that well, but I do know I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. The whole world is is their their problem is sin and God sent his son to die on a cross for us to pay for that sin so that we could live with him forever. And that's really all I know. Huh. And oh, man. it just Beautiful. shut, it just shut Reed down. He didn't say anything. And he just kind of looked out the window. We were both, both riding on the bus and it was just me and him. And um, 
he just looked out the bus and didn't say anything else after that. And then, um, you know, that was the end of that conversation. We never talked about it again until nearly 20 years later when, when he gave me a call one time and said, Hey, Rufus, I'm writing some gospel songs and uh, I kind of want to get these recorded and, you know, out there pitched to some of these gospel groups you hang out with. <laughs> and so we started hanging out again. And, um, uh, it, within a, Within a couple of months, he talked about another Christian friend he had who was trying to get him over to a breakfast of um, kind of a, a Bible study breakfast. And he said, you know, I don't go to things like that. And he wants me to come over. But uh, if you'll go, I'll go. And I said, well, yeah, Jerry, I'd love to go. Let's go. So we went over to this uh, to this friend's house. His name was uh, his name was Buzz Kaysen. And um, and there was another friend there whose whose name was Buzz. Two buzzes in the same room. <laughs> Sounds like there's a lot and of then, buzzes around Jerry. Yeah. That's right. And now then wait, was, wait, hold it right uh, there. I, uh-huh. You know what? This is called a teaser in the industry, and it means that people will have to stay tuned in oh, to yeah. hear the rest stay- of the story. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there is more to come. There really is, and it's better than what you've heard before, so don't you dare touch that dial. We're talking with Buddy Green, Nashville recording artist, award-winning songwriter, and my friend for a very long time. And by the way, the buddy you're listening to and watching right now is the real deal. He's that way wherever. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much. Hi, this is Steve Brown, and I'm excited to tell you about a new offer from Key Life called (laughs) Living with Steve. Let me tell you the way it works. I travel with you wherever you go. If you need an entertaining conversation or even a sermon, there I am. That's the good news. The bad news is that it costs a million bucks. (laughs) But wait, there's good news. You can get everything I've just described with the Key Life app. And for a limited time, it's not a million dollars. It's free. Try it now at keylife.org slash app. 12 gates to the city. Hallelujah. Hey, we're so glad you're with us, and you should be glad you're with us, too. We're hanging out with award-winning musician, um, recording artist, songwriter, Buddy Green. And by the way, you can keep up with him at BuddyGreen.com. That's fairly simple, BuddyGreen.com. And uh, you're on all the other social media sites, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Big TikTok. I'm a, I'm a hot property out there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, before the break, we were talking about Jerry Reed. 
And I love this story. Would you continue and land that plane? Yeah. Because it's a great story. You had, yeah. he, he, somebody invited him to a breakfast, a Christian men's thing. And he said he would go if you went. So you guys went. What happened? So we're there. We're sitting around this Buzz's kitchen table. There's only like, uh, let's see, there were the two Buzz's. Jerry, myself, and then Buzz Kaysen's preacher was there, who's also, his name was Jerry. So two Buzzes, two Jerry. <laughs> and Buddy. And, and a Buddy. <laughs> Rufus. And Rufus, yeah. So, so we're sitting there, and we're talking, and, and we're just having a bull session for about an hour while we ate our breakfast. And then finally, um, the preacher gets a little antsy, and he goes, so what are we doing here? And it got real quiet. Now, there's a Bible on the table. Hmm. And Reed just goes, well, I guess I got some questions about that book. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, the other Jerry says, well, yeah, like what? And he says, well, I mean, faith. I, I don't even think, I don't think I know what faith is. So we just started talking about what we thought faith is. And we, we would go to a passage like Hebrews 11 and say, you know, it says here, this is what faithful people look like. And it talks about the examples of the Bible and people in the Bible and all. So we had this talk and Jerry didn't, he didn't say much anything, but he listened. And at the end of our talk, he said, well, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm not going to darken a church door. You can count on that, but I could use some more of this. So mm. y'all want to meet here on any kind of regular basis, I'll be here. Mm. So we started doing that every week. And it became this safe place for Jerry to come and talk and ask questions. And before long, we invited a few more people that we knew would keep that place safe for Jerry, people he knew, friends that had faith. And and before long, we were about a dozen and then up to about 20. And and it was a real slow thing that I remember one one Sunday, I mean, uh, one, one day when we had this thing, um, we were all there. Reed had not showed up yet, but he comes walking in the last one. There's about by this time, there's about 15 of us around the table eating breakfast. He comes walking in, he's got his Bible open, and he says, Hey, listen to this. Well, God demonstrates his love in that while we were still sinners, and he reads this passage out of Romans 5, you know. <laughs> and it's this glorious, you know, gospel word, you know, and he finishes and he goes. Well, I guess that includes me. Um, we said, well, yeah, Jerry, of course it includes you. He says, well, good. What's for breakfast? And he, says, <laughs> and he sat down, and I mean, within a month or two, he got baptized. And wow. it was just this beautiful thing of watching this guy, of watching really the the Holy Spirit work in all of us to, to, um, to bring, you know, yet another guy into the fold. Buddy, I don't think you'll ever know until you get home uh, the number of people you touched. I uh, I flew to Nashville. I think it was your 80th birthday. or <laughs> it, was my, it was my 50th. It was just like a couple of years ago. It was, and it was in a big tent, and it was an absolutely wonderful evening. And it was about half and half. Half of them were pagans, half of them were Christians. <laughs> And they loved each other, and their connection was Buddy Green. Hmm. You know, that's a good example for us uh, to remember that if we'll just show and be real, talk about what's important to us without being arrogant, and then being willing to confess one sin so they can say, you too, 
you'd be surprised the impact that you would make. And, buddy, you have made that. I, that night, I was blown away. They, a lot, most of them were musicians, and so they got up and performed just for the fun of it. And the music was great. But, man, I saw a reality that night that was uh, that I still think about and still talk about sometimes. So, buddy, well, that was that you, was a that was a beautiful night for me. I was surprised. It was a surprise party, and yeah. you were a huge surprise that you flew up for that. I just couldn't believe it. And, um, but you know, I mean, I look back over my career, and um, especially the years before that, um, I think the first ten or fifteen years of me going out and trying to be a you know a Christian musician and a witness to the gospel and all that, I put so much pressure on myself. I, I tried to live up to people's expectations, yeah. I, you know, and maybe on the, on the outside, I looked like a normal guy, but I mean, on the inside, I was just, uh, I was becoming a little Pharisee or, mm. uh, or it, it was really kind of a, it was one of the ways that God just continued to work his salvation into me because I needed more than just coming to him. I needed to learn how to, I needed to learn how to rest in him. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a hard that's a hard maybe a lifelong journey of a lesson. It is. I've been there, done that. You ought to be a preacher. Uh, you're, <laughs> that's I couldn't easy. stand the pressure. I know. <laughs> well, I couldn't. I finally had to run. I was this close to a nervous breakdown, and nobody knew it but my wife and Jesus. But I managed to sneak out without blowing it too badly. <laughs> hey, you know, guys. you know when when Vicky when I was first coming to crisis, when Vicky and I were getting married, and uh, when I started becoming, you know, a wait, 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 musician. hold it, just hold it right there. Okay. <laughs> On the other side of the break. On the other side, okay. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, chances are your friends and family would too, right? So help us spread the word by sharing a link, clicking subscribe on YouTube. And if you think about it, drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, we're pretty much everywhere. Hey, is there one called Podblaster? I mean, it feels like there should be, right? But like no E in Blaster, just Blaster, Blaster, Blaster. That's how the colons do it. When Christ promised we could live life to the full, he didn't just mean eventually in heaven, because Jesus didn't come to save us from our humanity, but to restore it. Life with a capital L. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org slash store. I was a sailor. Hey, we appreciate you spending time with us here. While you're here, have you signed up for the free weekly Key Life email? If you sign up today, Buddy will call and sing to you on your birthday. (laughs) No, I'm lying. Uh, But while you're thinking about it, go to keylife.org slash... (laughs) 
we'll, we'll cut, we'll cut that it. and send I it to him. I knew he had that in his hand the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hand <laughs> hovering over the harmonica. <laughs> Just give me an opening, a, people. A or B flat. A or B flat. <laughs> you know, one time, uh, Richard Farmer, who used to be in your position at Key Life, and I were listening to Buddy on stage playing uh, her, his harmonica. And what he does is amazing. And Richard said, he's not doing all that. The track's doing <laughs> and so, And so Richard went over and pulled the plug on the track. And it was all you. <laughs> so for those of you who just heard that, uh, he does better than that. He does great. I remember... Uh, you would not remember this, but 20 years ago, there was a Born Free event in Wheeling, West Virginia. And yep. I went up with yep. the producer, and I remember meeting you and hanging out. And I promise you, every single Christmas, every single December, when Mary Do You Know comes on, I name drop you so hard to my kids. <laughs> I'm like, you know, guys, <laughs> the guy who created the song, we've hung out. <laughs> Daddy's hey, man, kind you. of a big deal. <laughs> Listen, I remember that particular time when yes. we were in Wheeling, West Virginia, because we were at this big hotel. Yes. And um, we've been, this was like the second day of the conference. Every day I would, you know, I'd do one or two songs and then, every, then Steve would get up and pontificate. That's what everybody came there for. <laughs> so second day I'd finished and I walked out in the hall, get a cup of coffee. And this poor little teenager who had been brought there against his will by his parents, you know, was walking the halls. He had his, he had his earbuds in and he was walking and listen to a, you know, a CD player and he sees me and he comes up and he goes, Hey, you're the guy that was up on stage playing music. I said, yeah. He says, Oh man, you were like, I was watching you play guitar. I was like finger picking and you were flat picking and dad, you're, you're really good. How long have you been playing guitar? I said, um, you know, about 40 years. Man, that was great. And man, that harmonica playing was like off the charts. I didn't know you could do that with a harmonica. How long have you been playing harmonica? I said, about about 30 years. He went, wow, that was so cool. Man, and uh, the, the songs, I'd never heard those songs. Did, did you write those songs? And I said, yeah, yeah, I wrote a, a lot of them. And he went, wow, those are good songs. He says, why aren't you successful? <laughs> <laughs> I was standing there, buddy. I was standing you were there, with you, George. yeah, when he did that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, and they just fell out, it just fell down laughing. My, my head just kept getting bigger, and bigger. Just, yeah, just, that's right. And then I was like, "Poop!" Oh. <laughs> Thanks, God. Thanks for that what a ego check. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I, this is always a question everybody asks musicians. It's it's trite, and but it's still. Yeah, I'm still curious about it. Is is the influences question? Uh, who did you listen to growing up, and and who would you say oh. is is spoken into your style of of writing? You know, uh, I mean, the earliest one, like most people my age, it was Elvis. Mm. You know, hearing those early rock and roll people like Elvis, Pat Boone, all that stuff. I was that's what I was watching and listening to um, people you know, on the radio. But then it was maybe the early folk mu music movement with people like the Kingston Trio and. Bob Dylan and that sort of thing, just hearing those uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. But then the Beatles, when I was 10 mm -hmm. years old when I saw them on um, Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan, and it changed my life. I was already playing a ukulele at the time, and I just, just I was trying to figure out how to play Beatles songs on a ukulele <laughs> and had a real, had a little uh, 
uh, a little band. In fact, uh, can you see this? Somebody sent me a card the other day with that. That's oh, the band. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Wow. That's hey, look great. at and, those Madras plaid jackets. <laughs> I know, weren't we cool? Oh, so you we were just, top drawer. But we were listening to, you know, all of the British invasion people like the Beatles and Rolling Stones, Herman's Hermits, any of that stuff. And um, and then later on it was Motown uh and soul music. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from Macon, Georgia, which is also the home of Otis Redding and Little Richard. Mm. Um so that was all that stuff was a, a huge influence on me. And then the Almond Brothers moved to town. Mm-hmm. So I was a teenager when the Almond Brothers and all that stuff started happening. And, and I and that really got me into the blues and more into the roots of popular music. Uh, and really from about my early 20s on is where I just kind of went crazy over um, roots music, whether that's, you know, bluegrass, old time primitive blues, any of that kind of stuff. I've always sort of, um, ever since that era anyway, that's, that's kind of what I've leaned towards. Oh man. But it's, it's, it's all over the place. You know, I mean, it's, it's James Taylor, it's jazz horn players. It's, I I listen to everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was, in fact, I was going to ask you about uh, your, one of your areas of interest because you, I, I remember you talking about roots music, and that wasn't really a term that I was that familiar with, and uh, that that was a, a strong influence in an area of interest. And and one of my favorite albums of yours is Rufus. And, uh, yeah, mine too. Yeah, that has a lot of those. And kind of hill country, mountain music included, right. and all those things. Yeah, that, that was, uh, you know, that was about... I was already 15 years into a recording career, but everything I had recorded was was Christian based in one way or another. And I just remember a few years before doing Rufus thinking, you know, I came to Music City to chase my dreams and I didn't I don't think they all fit in this Christian box. I I got to I got to celebrate more of my musical makeup than this is allowing me to be. And so it took me a while, but finally I. I, I just kind of took the plunge and 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 did the album Rufus. And all that was was me just sort of celebrating my musical roots. So there was everything on there from, uh, you know, blues to gospel to bluegrass. Um, and I had so much fun making that record. Mm. I remember when I was going to uh, make it, I, I started talking to people like uh, Ricky Skaggs and some people that were in that world that I wanted to kind of try to be a part of. And they said... Just don't get too complicated. <laughs> Just do whatever you can get up on stage and replicate. And oh, so that's kind of what Rufus was. That is, uh, that's good. I have, I have about 18 more questions mm-hmm. that uh, this is not long enough to talk to you, buddy. It really isn't. It, is our hour up? It's up. Oh. And, uh, and, and well, I don't know where it went, seconds. to be honest with you. That's true whenever <laughs> I talk to you. The stories are good, and the reality is Jesus. But maybe not the Jesus you find in church. Maybe the Jesus you find with a guitar or a monica smells <laughs> the same way, and it makes a difference. Buddy, I know no, you're retired. I was going to say I know how busy you are. You don't do anything except <laughs> sit around and eat bonbons. <laughs> Uh, I loved it. Hey, buddy, thank you for doing it. Let's do it again pretty soon, okay? I would love to. This has really been fun. It's great seeing everybody and 
being, being part of a good conversation like this. Thanks for having me. Same on this end. Guys, uh, we're going to take a break. Then we're going to come back and tell you who we're going to do it unto next week. And you're going to be amazed. Hey, thanks for listening to Steve Brown, etc. And if you're enjoying the show, would you help us let others know about it? You can share a link, click subscribe on our YouTube channel, or drop us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks much. What if you could start your day by hanging out in God's Word and with some of the most significant theologians, authors, and pastors ever? That's the idea behind the one-year devotional, God With Us. Find it now on keylife.org store. This is Pete Allenson, and if you're a guy, I want to show you how to recover and reclaim an intimate, growing relationship with your Heavenly Father. Check out Like Father, Like Son, How Knowing God as Father Changes Men. Available now at keylife.org store. Believer, I want you to remember that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And you will run out of sin before God runs out of grace. Grace, the real good news of the gospel. Find it now on keylife.org store. He was a mean man He worked the hard land And it made him tough And with his woman sometimes he What a great hour uh, If you are not familiar with Buddy On a more personal level uh, You got a whiff of why I love to talk to him We sometimes just talk And uh, I always feel after it's over That this thing is real because Buddy's so real. He's so authentic. He says things that he ought not say before audiences, has a great time, and his concerts are unbelievable, and he still does some of them. I think, and he told us that he, uh, that, he that this is not a good time for somebody who sells CDs <laughs> or, or uh, albums, uh, but he, the last one he recorded was called Looking Back. And he looked at some of the songs he'd recorded in the past, and the story goes with every one of them. And by the way, for those of you who aren't believers, what you sensed in Jesus, and some in us too, is kind of the way Jesus is. He's very real. Um, He doesn't fit in some places you don't fit. He's uncomfortable probably in some of the places where you're uncomfortable. And that story about Jerry Reed and how he came to Jesus and said, you're never going to see me in church, but I like you guys. You may ought to check that out, too. Uh, I love being around Buddy Green. I love having him on our broadcast because it's a whiff of how Christians live out their lives. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to be careful. You just have to be. And I didn't say that. Augustine said it. If you want to be great, be. And we just had a whiff of that on this program. And I hope if our um, president of guest relations has found the right gift, we'll have the same thing next week. 
Wow, that's a new title. Who will we be whiffing next week? Who will we be whiffing? Does that new title come with a raise? <laughs> President of no, Guest yeah. Relations? We don't get money, well, but we give good titles. Indeed. It, well, it, next it, week, this is, I mean, this is very unique or different from this week. Next week, we have um, Charles Moskowitz with us, and he has written a book called The Anti-Semitic Imagination, and the byline under it is The Great Establishment Deception. Oh, man, that's going to be especially timely given what's going on yes, in the indeed. Middle East and in Gaza. You just don't want to miss next week. We're out of here. And contrary to what some of you hope for, we're coming back next week, same time, same place. And we hope you'll join us. Between now and then, don't do anything we wouldn't. And that gives you a wide, wide berth. You know, we always have a place at our table, except we don't let them talk. That's why, that's why it works. Well, we still got this thing here. We're going to do Provided you don't say anything, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. go ahead and call in. I'll say that next week. We just don't let you talk. That's why I, when I tell people I'm out of the office, feel free to call. I won't answer. Yeah, that's right.